There are so many choices when it comes to how you market your business, but there is only so much time you've got to do it in. So let's get straight to the heart of what you need to do to take control of your marketing. This is the final episode in the Summer Reheat series, but it's a goodie. So listen and learn. Summer is my season and there's nothing that I like better than relaxing by my pool. So instead of sitting behind a microphone with pool envy, I am reheating the top 10 all-time episodes of the Sales Without Socials podcast. The best eps will be sharing how to massively increase the eyeballs in your business in an hour, the power of words for marketing, referrals, increasing sales using LinkedIn, understanding chat GPT, and a bunch more sizzling topics thrown into the summer mix. So while I'm sipping champs by the pool, I hope you get loads of value, new ideas and inspiration from these top 10 episodes of the Sales Without Socials podcast. And hey, step away from the Facebook. It's time to learn something that will make more money for your business without worrying about unbeatable algorithms, dancing and silly TikToks or wasting thousands on ads that never make you money. Here we go. Hello and welcome to the Sales Without Socials podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Williams, Chief of Everything at Digital Conversations, a Brisbane-based marketing consultant and trainer helping B2B service-based business owners with simple marketing tactics to generate new business and increase the eyeballs on your brand. Before I deep dive into today's episode, I'd invite you to download Social Free Sales, which covers seven ways to supercharge your sales without a single social media post. Now, these are just a few thought starters, and I'm going to cover more of these on future podcast episodes. Plus, I'm also going to cover a load more marketing tactics that don't include Facebook ads, reels, or silly TikToks. Go to saleswithoutsocials.com.au and grab your copy now. Hey, hey, it's Tanya here, and welcome to Sales Without Socials podcast. Now in today's episode, I'm going to talk about the importance of controlling your own marketing assets and why they should be the starting point for your marketing. Now I'm a control freak. I like to control everything. Just ask my hubby. He will 1000% agree with that statement. But as a business owner, I want to have control over the what, the how, the why, the when, and where my marketing happens. Um, and I can only have that if I'm using platforms where I have that control. I want to make my own rules and I do that in life and in business and you should too. So how do you take back that control and make it work for you as a B2B service-based business owner? Well, you focus on your own channels and your owned channels. Okay, so before I share what an owned channel is, and you probably have some idea already, but we'll dive a bit deeper into that. Before I do that, I want to start with a typical scenario that commonly happens to many business owners that will usually throw you off track, right? Now, you might go to an event or hear someone speak, watch a webinar, read a blog, whatever it might be, that says that this new, shiny, fantastic marketing tactic or tool is the one thing that you need to be doing in your business that's going to transform it overnight. And in fact, it's, you know, it's going to be hugely transformational and you have to invest this money and do this and it's going to get you these awesome results. Then it shares a bunch of testimonials about how it works, it's butt off and the results it's achieved, blah, blah, blah. 
which is fine and it might actually be a great product. However, the issue is that if you haven't got your foundations or your basics set up first, that one big shiny thing probably won't work as it should. Why does that happen? Like, why do we do that? Well, it's human nature to head towards the bright and shiny, the perceived easier way, the way that requires less effort or a quicker win, which is usually not the case, but it is perceived that way. Now, of course, we want to market our business in a way that we get the fastest result. However, in business, the really valuable gold comes from the things that take longer and get better quality. So, uh, for example, like a referred client that maybe takes a few meetings to get over the line or that client who's been in your community for 12 months, then all of a sudden decides that they need to hire you as they've now gotten to know you and the value that you bring over time. So it makes sense, right? And I've spoken about quality over quantity before. So let's get back to how this ties in with the idea of focusing on your owned assets. Now, an owned asset is one that you have 100% ownership and control over, and it includes these things. Your website, which is your most important marketing asset, your database, your brand, your blog or any written content that you create, your content in general, and things like your podcasts or videos, and that's those sorts of things that you're creating um, and putting out there. So that's part of your content. So you are 100% control over what they look like, how they work, what information is included, and the look and the feel, etc. You decide what information, images, and features are on your website. You decide exactly what goes in your email marketing to clients. You decide 100% of the content of your brand, and you control 100% of the look and feel of your brand as well. So what is not an owned asset? Well, um, one of those is, let's say it together, social media. You don't own your social media channels. And in fact, if you look at the T's and C's when you join, they basically own everything you do and share on those channels. So you're not just renting the space on their platform, or sorry, you are just renting a space on their platform, much like renting an apartment or um, in a building that someone else owns or building a block, a beautiful house on a, a block of land that somebody else owns. It's their platform, so you have to play by their rules. They choose who sees your content, where they see it, how often they see it, and what it looks like. You're building your marketing on an unstable foundation, and we want stable foundations all of the time, you know, and because we put so much time and effort into our marketing that we don't want it to all come crashing down in a heap. Now, these platforms are quite fragile when you think of it from a marketing perspective, and they can fail at any time. Now, I don't know if you remember some of these platforms, but there was Blab and Google Plus and Vine, and they've all gone belly up and they pretty much went overnight. So if you'd spent hours, months, or years creating content on those channels and building these huge followings, and basically overnight you wake up and it's gone. Can you imagine if that happened to you today on your Facebook page or your Instagram account? You've got thousands of people following it. You spent years and hours and lots of money creating all this great content for it and then bang in an instant it's gone you'd be shattered right so that's why it's really important to understand the difference between a channel that you control and a channel that you have no control over or that you rent 
So you have no control over the algorithms. You have no control how it looks. You need to work within their guidelines with that. Um, You've got no control over how the content is shown and who actually sees it because of how the algorithm works. You've got no control at all. And when Mark Z announces that yeah, that audience of 10,000 followers that you've grown is not is only going to be accessible if you start to pay for access, which I predict will happen sometime soon, then yeah, you, you're not going to be in such a great place, right? I was going to use a swear word then, but I'm going to refrain from <laughs> using that. Social is a pay-to-play platform now, and pretty soon most business activity will be paid access only. So why would you spend hours and months and years focused on social media channels that you were renting? It's just a massive waste of time and effort. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a presence at all on social. I'm not any social, you know that. But your marketing results usually come from those channels and tactics that you control and at least give you a really solid foundation. So if something happened to your social channels, then you've got something to fall back on. So it makes sense to focus on the channels and the assets that you have control over. And let's talk a little bit about those as well and go a little bit deeper into them. So I'm going to talk about the main three, um, and but this, these apply to you know anything that um, comes under what you actually control. So the big one, your website. Your website is your most important marketing channel. It's where you want to send all of your traffic to. It's where you want people to go and look at because they see all the stuff about you. Um, you know, it's where your potential clients often find you. It's your virtual shop front. You know, it's um, like it's where potential clients can see all you have to offer, what you know, what, what you specialize in, how you've helped others and what your secret source or differentiator is. You control the images, the words, the message, the style, the tone, what pages you have, where, you know, what you want people to do as a next step. All that stuff is in your control. So spending time to make sure your website ticks all the right boxes is time well spent. Now, I've covered this in episode nine of the first series. So if you go to the show notes, you'll see a link. So you can go and have a listen where I dive a lot deeper into website. I'm not going to cover it all now, but go and have a listen to that, okay? Your website is your most powerful marketing tool, yet so many businesses build it and then neglect it for years. They spend time and money on bright and shiny tactics and courses and tools and all these other things, but they neglect to reinvent, reinvigorate, work on their website so it actually works for them and spend that little bit of time and money to create a website that's not only functional, but wins them new business. Now, a note here, a Facebook page is not a website. So don't think just because you have a Facebook page That's all you need. Now, this is really common in hospitality um, and given the low cost to create a professional looking website, that's not an excuse. Now, I had an example of this yesterday. I was looking for a dog friendly cafe um, up around the Noosa area, which is where I'm heading on the weekend. And I was doing a search and I found this one great place, but it it didn't have a website. It had a Facebook page that had hardly any information on it. It didn't have all the information I was looking for. And then I've, I've actually reached out to these guys via their chat and got no response. So guess what? I'm not going to that cafe. Whereas if they had a website that I couldn't, could have gotten to, that had their opening hours and that all, all the information that I needed, then guess where I'd be going. So it just makes sense to have, you know, a website that actually works for you and gives your potential clients the information that they need. Now I can share so many examples about websites versus uh, Facebook pages, but I'm not going to go there 
today because that could be a whole podcast episode all by itself. So that's the big one, your website. Spend some time making it work for you, okay? Your database. Now, again, this is one of the most underutilized channels that people have. I had a conversation um, last year with a recruiter that had a database of 80,000 people. And what do you think they were doing with that? Nada. They were like, oh, yeah, but like it was it was outdated. They hadn't cleaned it up and, and kept it up to date in any way. It's like you've got 80,000 people that you've already done business with or have been interested in doing business with you. Why are you ignoring them and going and chasing brand new clients constantly and brand new um, candidates when you've got this gold sitting there? It makes no sense. Now, you don't have to have 80,000 people on your database for this tactic to work for you. You can have a couple of hundred people on your database. It's not about the the, um, quantity. It's about how you use your database to have consistent conversations with either existing clients or potential clients. Now, an interesting stat, 49% of customers say that they would like to receive promotional emails at least once a week from their favorite brands. So whether you've got a new service or limited offer or something you want to update um, or share with them, they want to hear about it. People will often check their email before anything else in the morning. So if you make it interesting and engaging, then guess what? They're going to look at it. So if you give it a catchy headline, it makes them want to open it. Now, the key is to not overload them with too much content. Now, professional services providers are often very bad at this. As I send out a big quarterly email with every blog they've written, links to articles, there's just so much information. And yes, I'm talking to accountants, lawyers, and recruiters that I get emails from where it is just information overload and I end up just ditching it in the rubbish because there's just too much information there. I don't know where to focus and it's just overloaded. So you want one key message, break it up with some bullet points, images, emojis, whatever it needs to look like, but make it easy for them to read, make it enjoyable and engaging, and really importantly, include some personality into it. If it feels really stiff and corporate when that is not your brand, then people are just not going to resonate with it. It needs to sound like you. So you control what, when, and who you send this to. It doesn't need to be a big production. It should only take, you know, maybe up to an hour to write and send it. And it can be automated as well, which is even better. So again, your database is a really big part of um, your owned assets. And it's something that you really want to take control over and use on a regular basis. The other big one is, of course, your brand. Your brand tells your story. It shows the personality of the business. It shows your values and what you represent. Now, this is really important as your brand is what attracts people to you. Think about the car you bought, okay, the clothes you wear, the gym you're a member of. They all have a brand and that's part of the appeal of buying their product. You know, you've been attracted to that particular product for some reason because their brand appeals to you on some level. And the exact same thing applies to your business, regardless of whether you're a micro business owner or you've got hundreds of staff. Your brand is going to appeal to a particular segment of the market. You don't want it to appeal to everybody. You want it to attract the right fit clients for your business. Now, this is a really important thing. I think we think we have to be be everything for everyone, and it's just not possible. There are businesses that I want to work with and there are businesses that I don't want to work with. And guess what? I spend my time and my marketing effort and my messaging 
focused on the people that I do want to do business with. And hey, if they don't like my personality and the way that I do things and the values that I stand for, then guess what? I really don't want to work with them. And that is okay. So spend some time to really articulate your brand style guide and messaging. It's really something that will cost very little and it's going to work for you 24-7. Okay. Another really important one is your blog and your written content. So again, the content you create, the articles, the blogs you write, um, you know, for your for your website are assets that you own. You have control over them, where they're placed, the words, the call to actions, how much information is in them. These can be repurposed across other channels like your emails, like your podcast, like videos that can also go on socials. But check out um, my 14 ways to repurpose one piece of content download. I'm going to pop that in the show notes for you as well. And it's a really smart way of taking one piece of content, like a blog, for example, and repurposing it in 14 different ways to get that out there to the world. It's super simple. Okay. So the same thing goes with your podcast. If you're doing one, if you've got videos that you create, they are owned assets that you have control over. So I hope all of that makes a lot of sense to you. And if you've got any cues, then just reach out to me and I'm more than happy to answer them. Um, but yeah, I really hope you understand why you should focus on the marketing assets you own and have control over and master those before you spend a bunch of money on other tactics. Because most of the time, those uh, assets that we're talking about are very inexpensive or, or cost nothing at all. So unless you have your foundations for your owned assets, right, then wasting money on Facebook ads or new bright and shiny is just a big waste of time and money. So as I said, your owned assets are free. They cost you nothing to maintain and use. So get your priorities in the right order and focus on the ones that give you the control and the consistency. There's two big C words there that you need to remember from a marketing perspective, control, consistency. Now, I hope you've gotten a, a lot of value from today. I really hope it makes you feel inspired to take control of your marketing instead of following all the bright and shiny stuff on, on the socials, um, and especially if you don't feel aligned to it, which I know that more and more people are really not feeling aligned to social media. So don't forget to listen to the, pod, uh, the past podcasts that I have mentioned and also go and have a binge and listen to all of the uh, first series if you're feeling uh, up to it because I guarantee there's a lot of gold in that as well. You'll find the links and the details for everything I've mentioned in the show notes today. And uh, that's me for today, guys. And in the meantime, never let anyone dull your marketing sparkle. That was a summer reheat episode of the Sales Without Socials podcast. If you enjoyed this, then please subscribe and leave a review. I will love you forever. Well, for at least as long as the weather stays so fabulous anyway. And if you're interested in working with me, you can head to my super fun website at digitalconversations.com.au.